Okay, good evening everyone. Small crowd tonight. It's a great thing about giving daily talks. People can just come and go. You don't need a large crowd. Everybody doesn't have to get together all at once. Of course, the other great thing is the meditators here get some little bit of Dhamma every day. So I thought I'd spend some time going over the... Well, I thought it might be good to begin to look at some of the basics of Buddhism. Some of the things we we don't often talk about because there's an assumption that people already know about them, I think. We lose sight of them. We get into all sorts of specific teachings, and or I do. And um, I thought it might be nice to go over the basics because even for those people for whom it is uh, quite familiar, these teachings are still important to reflect upon and remind ourselves about. Because you heard a teaching before doesn't mean you actually know it. It's, it's quite different from actually understanding it. So hearing it again and again is repeated. So I, of course I thought we'd start with the Four Noble Truths. They are The Four Noble Truths are the prize. If you want to ask yourself what are we trying to learn What's the goal of meditation? Why are we doing this again? The answer is the Four Noble Truths To understand the Four Noble Truths And, and more The answer lies in the Four Noble Truths Which have, pretty, have everything really to do with, with understanding I mean there's much more to it's more, it's more complicated than that But the real key is understanding. It has to do with learning something. And so I talk about our situation as humans. I mean, our situation as humans is in so many ways not what we think it is. I mean, we don't realize how how much we're suffering we think suffering is uh, an extreme condition that that you can avoid for the most part and if you're unlucky you it's only if you're unlucky that you can't avoid it four noble truths are so simple it seems like something it should be easy to understand in fact it's not incredibly difficult <laughs> Maybe it is it's the most difficult thing we could ever do, but it's still surprisingly doable, you know, it's not impossible. But it's remarkable how how ignorant we are. We we live our lives not realizing how much we don't know 
just about ourselves. You know, we 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 don't even have this this capacity to realize that we're ignorant. I mean, that's true ignorance is not even realizing how ignorant you are. You might hear about Buddhism, and mostly when we begin to meditate, we. Uh, we have this idea that we're going to learn something but it's shocking just how much we we learn how we're, it's like being pulled out from a uh, from a drowning you know, drowning underwater and being pulled out of the out of the pond suddenly you can breathe again it's like you weren't alive before like you couldn't see before so the first thing to understand about the Four Noble Truths and Buddhism by extension is that it's about learning it's about understanding understanding the Four Noble Truths is paramount The next thing to note about the Buddha, about the Four Noble Truths is that the, what they describe is cause and effect. Now, I don't think we have to be too... We, as Buddhists, you'll often hear us going on about this, the importance of cause and effect. And it's not really that big of a deal. What's more important is that we're talking about the cause of suffering. And we, we do, and the Buddha did, and monks did go on about cause and effect as being important um, because there are people out there who don't understand about causality you know it's a terrible wrong view to believe that things just happen randomly or by chance or by magic and so a lot of our meditation is about understanding cause and effect in the sense that we're not in control we can't magically make things go away or make things come. Reality happens according to cause and effect. But for the Four Noble Truths, it's, it's somewhat more specific than that, I think. We're not just talking about an understanding of cause and effect generally. We're talking about the very specific understanding of what causes suffering. It's, it's a simple formula you know it's it's describing a problem and the cause of the problem there's nothing really novel about that that formula oh there's a cause to the problem well of course there is you know it's not something new hey suffering has a cause oh really oh. we're pretty clear about that i think uh, and and the cessation of suffering, so there's a way out of suffering, right? There's you can be free from suffering, and and there's a way to be free. The problem comes is we we don't we don't know the cause of either. So if you asked someone who knew nothing about Buddhism, even someone who did, because most people don't agree with Buddhism, I think, or don't have the understanding that it's true. You ask them, what is the cause of suffering? 
Ask a doctor what is the cause of suffering. They'll give you a complicated answer, I think. Ask yourself, right? What's the cause of suffering? A sotapanna sees this, sees what is the cause of suffering. You know, they really see it. But they can still get them, you know, they're still not clear 100%. An arahant, only an arahant is completely clear. Is the cause of suffering. They understand perfectly clear the, what, the, what the Buddha taught to be the cause of suffering. It even sounds, I think, uh, a bit strange to say that craving is the cause of suffering, right? I think a craving is a good thing. Then we have this remarkable teaching about the cessation of suffering. I mean, the cessation of suffering itself is remarkable. It's not really what you think. I mean, again, our idea of what is suffering and what is the cause of suffering and what is the cessation of suffering is very different from the Buddha's. What is the cessation of suffering? Well, you know, if this headache would go away or if my depression would go away or if you would go away. That would be the end of suffering. And then realize what the Buddha is actually talking about. And this is a surprise, I think, even up to the moment when you experience it. And you realize, wow, it's really possible for suffering completely to cease. It's possible to have complete freedom from suffering. It's an even bigger problem is that we think of suffering as pleasant. Those things that are unsatisfying, we think of them as satisfying. Those things that are stressful, we think of them as as good. So if I told you that a Buddhist gives up all the things that we want and cling to, it would be very frightening for most people, horrifying in fact. It would feel like it was den denying yourself the pleasure, the happiness. But, but as remarkable as that, the the path is is quite remarkable. I think. You know. What's this? How, what's the path? You know, what do you have to do to become free from suffering? It's not even a simple answer. We can simplify it, but it's quite complicated. There are eight parts. And we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll go through each each of these. I'd like to spend a day on each of these. Again, these won't be long talks, I don't think, but um, I'll go over each one of them individually. One day, one talk, one truth. But I thought I'd before that, I'd spend a little time going over them all together. So 
So we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about cause and effect, but specifically the cause of suffering and the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. It's really like a doctor, right? A doctor identifies the illness and then finds the cause and then prescribes a course of medication, course of, what do you call, practice, I guess, or a course of, I don't know what they call it, um, a regimen, that's what I'm thinking of, a regimen by which you can become free from the sickness. And it, it, so it, the most important thing to know about the Four Noble Truths is that they are the core of Buddhism. They are our, our goal. And so it, it, we do hear a lot about these. And uh, it takes a, a few minutes probably to explain to a non-Buddhist you know, about them. But it's very important that we, be, we remind ourselves that this is, this is what it is. If someone asks you, what is Buddhism about? Know, if you want to give them an in-depth answer, if they're really interested in something more than just, you know, don't do good, or don't do evil, be full of good, and purify your mind, that's that's another way of describing it. You know, purification of mind is a good, simple answer. But if you want to give them a, a you know, what is Buddhist Buddhist theory? Really, the only thing that's necessary to talk about is the Four Noble Truths. The Buddha said, he said, I teach suffering the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering and the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. That's what I teach. Meaning that's all he taught, really. I mean, that was the only... He taught many things, but it was all ancillary. It was all um, incidental. He would teach these things because, well, this is what someone need, that person needed to hear, but... Really, what, what what he was getting at is the Four Noble Truths. Uh, Sariputta once gave a talk to someone, a Brahmin, about the uh, Brahma Viharas. I think it was it was Sariputta, and uh, the Brahmin was dying, and and when he died, he went to the Brahma world, and uh, Sariputta went to see the Buddha. The Buddha said, "What what did you teach him?" And, oh, I taught him the Brahma Viharas. The Buddha said to him, well, he's been born in the Brahma worlds. But the the implication was it was uh, the Buddha was was disappointed. Not disappointed, but was pointing out Sariputta's mistake. So Sariputta apparently, this is the tradition, uh, the legend, apparently uh, sent his mind to the Brahma realms and taught the Brahmin uh, uh, the, the Four Noble Truths. And there's something like after that point, once this this story got around, uh, tradition is that every every talk that any monk would give would include the Four Noble Truths. So it's um, it's really a, a marker, you know, a, or a a test. You can test if the Four Noble Truths are present in whatever teaching. Well, that's the Buddhist teaching. If the if it's just about if it's about something different, if the focus is not on the four noble truths, then uh, you can say that it's not. Not that it's not a 
part of the Buddha's teaching, but it isn't it hasn't caught the core of the Buddha's teaching. So it isn't a teaching that will lead to freedom from suffering. It isn't a teaching that will lead to the goal of Buddhism. So a little bit of basic information about the Four Noble Truths useful to know, I think. And a good intro to what we'll now deal with every day. We'll go through them. Not in very detail, but, you know, just something to talk about, something to think about, something to listen to. So thank you all for tuning in. That's the Dhamma for tonight. I'll take questions and you can both stay if you want or go if you want. Do you want to say something? No? Tell us how your course was. Awesome. Come say, come talk. <laughs> Don't don't give details. Don't ruin the surprise. But okay. Uh, oh, coming in. Okay. It was very difficult and very worthwhile. And that pretty much sums it up. So, how you how you you're feeling before you started the course, and after you finished the course? How how do you how in what way do you feel different? I guess I feel. Like I have more freedom, like I have the knowledge and awareness of how to experience my life instead of run away from it. Great. So would you recommend the course for other people? Absolutely, if they want to come here. If they don't want to, then that probably... Do you think it's... it was a positive experience for you? It was an experience. I don't know. It was helpful. You helpful, that's what I mean by positive. It was yeah. beneficial. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Thank you. She doesn't want to say positive because... Why? Because I've been drilling into your head. <laughs> no, no, everything. Be objective. All right, well, there you go. There's a... I, I, I mean to get everyone to come on here, but it's just... Uh, sometimes I forget, and it's the timing's not always good. Another meditator left this morning, but he'd been here before. All right, so are there any questions? Let's go see. One question. What should be done about past sufferings that we may have caused for others? I mean, technically, there's not much that you have to do. You're going to have guilt feelings or fear or, or, or worry. Um, and and you know, the practice is to be mindful of those as experiences. Those things are happening now. The past is not not here. But practically speaking, there are many things that can be done. I mean, asking forgiveness of the person. I mean, they're, they're pretty standard. It's not something new to think about. It's important to realize you can't fix things. You can't uh, remove suffering that you've caused to others. You can't fix it. It's happened. It's done. That's the thing about karma. That's why we talk a lot about karma is because it's permanent. I mean, it's, sorry, it's final. It can't be erased. That thing happened. But restitution is possible. It's important to distinguish this. Don't try and 
make it all better and the, or, or make it as though it didn't happen and be clear that I did this take ownership of the the act you know and uh, take responsibility for restitution if if something has been done then you think well what's the appropriate thing to do to to make up for it you know if you broke something of someone's you can you can replace it or if you um, you know you, you can't if you hurt someone you can't unhurt them uh, but you can make a promise not to you can apologize and make a promise not to intentionally hurt them in the future so I mean there's definitely a place for going to find the people you've hurt but um, on an ultimate level none of it really matters and all you have to do is be mindful but that includes mindful activities so if they confront you or if there's a tension then you relieve that if they if they are angry at you because of something you've done then um, you act in such a way as to you know, really it has nothing to do with with what you've done but you accept their anger and you apologize but you act in the same way you, uh, as a mindful person you act in the same way you would as if 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 you had never hurt them you're kind you're compassionate you're mindful you're present you're there for them and it, your your so your behavior doesn't really change because of the fact that you hurt them whether you'd hurt them or not you're still going to be kind and and, and uh, mindful towards them but but so on the one hand you don't want to obsess over trying to fix things you've done because you can't fix them but on the other hand you don't want to say oh I'll just be mindful and this person comes and says hey you know you you did this and this and this and you're hearing hearing you don't want to be like that mindfulness has very much to do with our relationships with other people you know as there are times if someone is yelling at you that you do just want to say hearing hearing but if they have a if they have a, a valid complaint and there's something you can do to fix to to um well, to fix the situation, return a situation back to its original condition, then you go and do it. You can't undo the karma. You've done something bad, and that's always going to be the case. But you can restore the situation. There are things you can do and should do. So, neither too involved nor too detached. Just mindful. And that was it. There was only one question tonight. So thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night.